Welcome to a nonfiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff. I'm the author, and this is Dedication, building the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church, a centennial story. Part 2, Episode 8, Eagleson Hall, 1930. In the fall of 1930, the Christian scientists at the University of Washington needed to find a new location for their weekly meetings. Again. Throughout the 13 years since its founding in 1917, the Christian Science Organization for Campus Ministry had faced many challenges. Getting permission from University President Henry Suzalo to meet on campus was only the first a significant victory the student members attributed to fervent prayer. They initially met in a music room in the daylight basement of Meany Hall, the old Meany Hall, originally built for the 1909 Alaska-Yukon-Pacific Exposition. This neoclassical auditorium structure was repurposed for campus assemblies and performances. It was named for Professor Edmund S. Meany, who, besides being a very popular faculty member, was instrumental in bringing the AYP Expo to the campus. Meany Hall was in the center of the campus, and the Christian Scientists' meeting space on the lower level, room 110, was near the university bookstore, where students came to purchase their textbooks making it both a convenient and prominent location. However, in 1919, when they started advertising their Thursday evening meetings in the campus newspaper, The Daily, and putting meeting flyers on bulletin boards, they met with some hostility. Their flyers were sometimes mutilated or torn off. As they prepared to host Dr. John M. Tutt, For their first Christian Science lecture on campus in Denny Hall, room 310, on February 25, 1920, the students reported opposition from various sources. So many attempts to discourage the members arose that they saw the need for constant prayer and being continually alert. Sometimes when they arrived for their regular Thursday meetings, they found their meeting room door locked. But even so, never once has there been a failure to hold a meeting, Harriet Woodward later reported, the members having demonstrated that divine love protects them, and each time a way has been found. So dedicated to their cause were these early Christian Science Organization members that they held their regular religious meetings even during all university social events. Their meetings likely followed the general format of testimony meetings of any Christian science church, in which there were readings from the Bible and Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy, followed by sharing experiences applying the teachings of Christian science in daily life with the singing of hymns before and after. As to what these meetings meant to the participants, a report later explained, 
Alumni members, in particular, have frequently expressed their appreciation in letters and contributions. Those in school testify that discordant conditions in school life are quickly reversed by the help they receive from the meetings. After the World War, they invited Christian science lecturers to campus regularly. They hosted Bliss Knapp for a lecture in Bagley Hall in the fall of 1920 and Professor Herman S. Herring in Philosophy Hall, spring of 1921. Professor Herring took a special interest in the progress of their organization. He held the first round-table discussion with students when he returned a few years later, a noteworthy and memorable event for the students. They hosted Judge Frederick C. Hill in 1924 at Third Church. By 1925, Christian science had become one of the most popular religions among the university students. More than 300 students gave Christian science as their religious preference on an official university survey, making it the fifth most popular out of 42 options. During this period, attendance at the Christian Science campus meetings increased, including students, faculty, and some young adults who were not currently enrolled in college classes. Yet, even with significant growth, they had difficulty at times filling their officer positions because so few of them were members of the Mother Church, the First Church of Christ Scientist in Boston, a requirement for eligibility. In 1925, they and the university bookstore needed to find a new location because the city fire marshal found safety problems with the basement of Meany Hall. The university bookstore moved to a retail space on University Way in the commercial district. The Christian scientists moved first to a room in Music Hall, then to a larger room on the third floor of Home Economics Hall, later renamed Rayet Hall, in the Liberal Arts Quad. A few years later, however, in February 1928, their ability to meet anywhere on campus became uncertain because of new rules prohibiting religious meetings on campus. The largest religious organization at the University of Washington, the Young Men's Christian Association, had long since moved off campus. The YMCA, often referred to simply as the Y, had initiated construction of their own off-campus facility in November 1918 after a judicial interpretation of the constitutional requirement for separation of church and state raised questions about religious use of campus facilities. The new Y building was called Eagleson Hall, and almost all the other campus ministry groups had been meeting there. The Christian Science Organization was one group that had never met there, and there was no indication in their early records that they wanted to. However, in 1930, the Y became the new home for the CSO. And so Eagleson Hall became a significant part of its history, influencing future development of the Christian Science College community, both in what they did and did not want to become as an organization. 
prior to building Eagleson Hall. For 10 years, the University Y was on campus in a large log house left over from the AYP Expo. Formerly known as the Arctic Brotherhood Building, it became known as the YMCA Building. The University Y, which was founded in 1888, was the oldest religious organization at the University of Washington. In its first two decades, it was focused strictly on religious activity, holding religious services, organizing Bible study groups, and encouraging foreign missionary work. But with its prominent log cabin facility on campus, the Y grew its membership by expanding its activities to recreation and social services. The Y building had offices, a game room, and a reading room. Furnishings included billiard tables and a piano. They helped students find jobs and off-campus housing, and they ran the only lunch cafeteria on campus, called the Commons. The YMCA building became a student hub, the closest thing to a social center on campus. During the war, it had also served as a support center for the Navy and Army. The YMCA was one of the largest student groups on campus, with hundreds of members at a time when student enrollment in the University of Washington was only a few thousand. But the walls of the old log house were rotting, so the building had to be torn down. Building a new YMCA building on campus was not an option because of the new interpretation of the state constitution, spurring the move off campus. The result was Eagleson Hall. They had fundraising support from university officials, including Professor Meany, Deans Arthur R. Priest and Frederick M. Paddleford, Comptroller Herbert T. Condon, and President Henry Suzalo, as well as local Protestant churches. The Eagleson Hall project broke ground as part of university commencement ceremonies in 1922 and it was dedicated during commencement, 1923. Eagleson Hall was on the southwest corner of 15th Avenue Northeast and Northeast 42nd Street, across the street from one of the main entrances to the campus. It was a brick building with stone trim in the collegiate Gothic style that was becoming characteristic of buildings on campus and in the university district. Carl Gould, founder of the University of Washington's architecture program, an initiator of the Unifying Style Directive, was the architect for Eagleson Hall. The building was designed to be a hub for campus social life, everything that the log house had been, and more. On the main floor beyond the lobby, there were seven classrooms, two quiet rooms for reading and writing, an office, and a lounge. Fireplaces provided cozy spots for small meetings and informal discussions between students and with faculty. Upstairs, beneath the gabled roof, they provided dormitory housing and hotel rooms for campus visitors. The lower floor was social and recreational space, including a room with three pool tables and a billiard table, a kitchen for food services, a dining room that seated 75, and a gymnasium 
that doubled as an auditorium, with an overlooking balcony with extra seats. Original plans for an outdoor swimming pool were never fulfilled. Instead, they later added an annex for more student housing. Eagleson Hall was managed by two employees who expanded the WISE programs. There were as many as 15 Bible study groups, Bible classes, talks by Christian clergy, and they hosted conferences on religion. They provided speakers for fraternity, sorority, and other student group events. The Y continued offering student services for job placement and off-campus housing. They developed a freshman orientation program, offered recreational trips to Lake Sammamish, Mount Rainier, and the Olympic Peninsula, and held social mixers with the Young Women's Christian Association. They welcomed foreign students when they arrived in Seattle, helping them to adjust to life in America, introducing them to the Christian life, and for many years hosting a huge annual banquet for them. The lounge was furnished in Oriental style to appeal to foreign students, who at that time were primarily from China, Japan, the Philippines, and Russia. Eagleson Hall also served as a recreational center for the local community, where neighborhood children could play sports. Eagleson had its own intramural teams and hosted competitions in its gym for basketball, badminton, and volleyball. In early 1930, around the time that the Christian Science Organization was rethinking its meeting place, The university YMCA was rethinking its purpose and governing philosophy. Student membership at the Y was down considerably, and so was interest in the religious aspect of its programming. Their leadership was having internal discussions on how Christianity and university life seemed to be facing a challenge like never before. They remarked that there seemed to be a national-level crisis of faith among college students. They identified four types of students. Those who held religion in contempt, church loyalists who merely attended church for social reasons, blind seekers looking everywhere for answers, and finally, disciples of the kind that banded together, and kept groups like the YMCA going. They decided to take a more hands-off approach to their ministry mission, putting more emphasis on individual Bible study without formal groups or classes, focusing instead on building a stronger sense of fellowship within a broader community. They wanted to support more dialogue between religions. Eagleson Hall had originally been envisioned as an ecumenical center. Its board of trustees were representatives from a variety of Protestant churches. Baptist, Congregational, Episcopal, Lutheran, Methodist, and Presbyterian. The same denominations that had once banded together to support anti-Christian science events in Seattle. However, in recent years, the YMCA was becoming more inclusive. They started welcoming Greek Orthodox and Catholics as members, and a Jewish student group had been meeting there. 
the Y began hosting interfaith meetings of Protestant, Catholic, and Jewish community leaders. To educate the university community on religion, in January 1930, they invited lecturers to speak on topics related to the role of religion in modern society, with events both at Eagleson and on campus. This was the first of what would become an annual lecture series for the university community, called Religious Emphasis Week. They had previously hosted a lecture series and book discussion groups on the apparent conflict between science and religion. And in early 1930, they saw a greater need than ever before to reconcile church and science. Feeling the financial pinch of the economic downturn, the YMCA was also needing to maximize rental income to make ends meet. Perhaps not coincidentally, around this time, they established a new, very liberal building rental policy. It was in the midst of these changes that the Christian Science Organization came to have its regular meetings at Eagleson Hall. Herbert T. Condon, Dean of Students, played something of a role in the move. In the internal records for the CSO, one account stated that in the fall of 1930, they were ordered to move off the campus. Another account recorded that Mr. Condon explained the situation to the college Christian scientists and invited them to take the lead in moving off campus. According to this internal source, Condon described the ban on religious use of campus facilities as the result of pressure exerted by a campus group of atheists. Condon had a unique insider's perspective, having been involved in the development of the university campus from its earliest years. Condon came to work for the University of Washington in 1903 when there were only 632 students and five buildings. Most of the campus then was dense forest. He was involved in developing the campus master plan and many other activities beyond comptroller and dean. He would one day hold the record for the longest continuous service to the university of any living faculty member. He became a living authority on university history. Condon was described as a square-jawed man whose terse, matter-of-fact speech was relieved by dry humor and undemonstrative kindliness. Like the prickly cactus garden in his office, the students found his terseness endearing. It was said of him, he helped thousands of students with his kindly guidance, with his wise counsel, and with that best-of-all teaching devices, personal example. A stone engraving in his honor would one day grace the administrative building with the inscription, Friend of Youth, a reputation he maintained through generations of university students. His wife, Maud, was also a gracious force in campus activities who provided inspiration and guidance to students. Condon had also been a leading member of the YMCA for 17 years, for many of those years as president of the Board of Trustees. 
When the Y was on campus, Condon served as liaison between the student group and university administrators. When the Y needed to move off campus, he secured the corner lot at 42nd Street. When the new building needed a name, Condon proposed the name Eagleson Hall in honor of James M. Eagleson, an exemplary active member of the Y who tragically died in the Spanish flu pandemic as he was returning from war service in France. At the grand opening reception for the new building, Condon was selected to offer words of welcome. Condon's active involvement in the administration of both the University of Washington and the University YMCA reflected the close historical relationship between the two organizations and the traditional intersection of academics with religion. A Methodist minister, Reverend Daniel Bagley, was instrumental in establishing the university in 1861. When the new university was struggling to attract students and gain the support of local residents, the YMCA helped convince the community that the University of Washington would not be a godless institution. But times had changed. The state constitution had been reinterpreted. And so, all the religious groups were asked to move off campus, including the reluctant Christian Science Organization. Fortunately, the Christian scientists had a friend in Herbert T. Condon. Condon had recently retired from the YMCA Board of Trustees, but he still may have acted as a liaison between the Christian scientists and the YMCA. Condon had a reputation on campus for being broad-minded. Furthermore, he had a special relationship with the Christian scientists through close personal connections. Condon's wife, Maud, was a member of Third Church of Christ Scientist, and his daughter, Jean, who was then a liberal arts student at the university, was a member of the Christian Science Organization. The members recorded in their first historical sketch that Condon always defended our position with the school authorities. It is possible he also advocated for their inclusion at the YMCA. In the fall of 1930, room rental at Eagleson Hall met their need. But even after settling into their new home, despite the location's benefits and despite the uncertainties of the worsening economic depression, Members put renewed emphasis on growing their building fund. There may have been gender issues that made the space less than ideal, since the Young Men's Christian Association was, after all, a men's group, and the overwhelming majority of the university students interested in Christian science were women. Furthermore, the lack of mention of Christian science in Eagleson Hall newsletters during their tenancy indicates that the Christian scientist room renters may not have been fully welcomed into fellowship with Christians of other denominations. Whatever their reason, their move to the YMCA building motivated them to focus even more intently on working toward the day when the Christian Science Organization at the University of Washington would have its own permanent home. They clearly intended their stay at Eagleson Hall to be as temporary as possible. 
They preferred it to meeting in the daylight basement Sunday school room of Third Church, where they met at times during a transitional period. But ultimately, they wanted their own building. They had started a building fund in 1921. However, they had not made much progress. At the slow rate the students were accumulating funds, it may have seemed impossible for the student group, even in a hundred years, to buy their own building. But they were confident, as their historical committee explained, that metaphysical work on the part of each member, their individual prayers, would result in acquiring a building of our own. But for now, and for many years to come, their meetings were held at Eagleson Hall. Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit cindysafranoff.com.